The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. going on let me just say welcome welcome into the overreaction sports podcast brought to you by the market dominator on the buffalo rumblings podcast network my name is joe miller i'm your host i'm the voice of the overreaction sports podcast and it's good to have you it's good to have you for the second podcast that i have done for buffalo rumblings and if you missed the first one please do me a favor go back and find it uh, and I'm I'm excited to be here. I got a great guest for you today. Um, not one thousand percent sports or Buffalo Bills related, but he is a Buffalo Bills fan. Uh, so stick around for that. In the meantime, uh, let me just say welcome. If if you are a longtime listener or a first time or a very new or relatively new listener, I just want to say welcome to the show. It's so good to have you. Whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee on the way to work or home from work, or it finds you at the gym with your AirPods in. Let me just say one more time. Welcome. It's so good to have you. Couple quick things as we get this show underway, kicked off, if you will. First things first, this this show, this, this podcast is going to air, is going to drop on, I believe, March 8th, Monday. Uh, so if you are listening to this podcast on the 8th, or if you're listening to it someday after the 8th, this is the news that I want to give you. Buffalo rumblings is going live. What? You heard me. Buffalo rumblings is going live. What that means is starting next week. So starting on the, what would be the 15th, but actually the 14th. My show, the Overreaction Sports Podcast, is actually going to be recorded live on YouTube. My first guest for the live recording, live taping of the Overreaction Sports Podcast is going to be the host of the Talking Buffalo Podcast, Pat Moran. Pat Moran is a wonderful friend of mine. Uh, he, uh, We have been doing pods together for the last year, and 
every time we get together it's a lot of fun uh we just we just really enjoy each other's time and company and i'll be honest with you there's not a whole lot of people that don't enjoy being on pat moran's show um i've been on it several times i've had pat on my show once one of the time before so this will be the second time that he has been on the overreaction pod he is a great listen he is a great follow uh if you have not added him to your podcast uh repertoire or library or whatever you want to call it backlog uh, I would I would encourage you to do so. Get familiar with Pat now before the show, and then make sure starting next week you still will be able to find my podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network on Monday. But make sure that if you are not yet subscribed to the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel that you do so. Because not only is my show going to be live on YouTube on Sunday nights, uh, there's going to be a live recording of the Code of Conduct pod, Jay Spence's podcast, on Monday nights. And then on Wednesday nights is the official return starting next week of the Hump Day Hotline. So that's literally the 14th, the 15th, and the 17th. Uh, You are going to start getting... Uh, a, a barrage, a bevy, a relatively solid, smooth stream of live video content on YouTube from Buffalo Rumblings. Care of to start myself and Jay Spence, and then obviously some others will be added to that as we go forward. So here's what I want you to do. Uh, I, I encouraged you last week to do this, and not many of you did. So if you were listening and you have not yet done it, please do me a favor. Go to YouTube.com. Search inside of YouTube, Buffalo Rumblings. When you find the Buffalo Rumblings page, select it, click on it, whatever you got to do, and then hit the subscribe button. My show is actually going to air the eve of the tampering period for free agency for the NFL. Uh, You are going to get uh, live content from Buffalo Rumblings on YouTube, starting with my show, The Overreaction Podcast, and then Monday nights, again, the Code of Conduct Pod, and then Wednesday, the hump day hotline with myself and jay spence my co-host so please do yourself and myself a favor and jump over there and do that uh buffalo bills news as you all know by now uh jj watt is not a buffalo bill and not only is he not a buffalo bill he's also not a green bay packer or a cleveland brown somehow the dude ended up in arizona which, okay, I get the whole conversation about, you know, well, it's a scheme fit and his former defensive coordinator and blah, 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 blah. I thought the dude wanted to win football games. That was what he was chirping, barking, and whining and basically wreaking havoc in his last 2020 Houston Texans locker room. All that pining on and crying at the podium about, I just want to win some football games. Uh, he chooses a football team. That, in my opinion, isn't even with him on their team is an eight and eight football team. I don't see with Cliff Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury uh, as the head coach, without a monumental jump, uh, Josh Allen esque jump from Kyler Murray from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one. I just don't see the Cardinals being a contender in that division uh, with the Rams, who now have Matthew Stafford, the Seahawks, who still have at this point at the time of the recording of this podcast, Russell Wilson. And then the 49ers who, you know, they're a formidable team regardless of who's playing quarterback. And you've got to think uh, that Shanahan is is working some magic on the backside to make his football team better. In my, in my opinion, even with J.J. Watt, they are still the number four team in that division. I know they didn't finish four. I think they finished third. Regardless, I think talent-wise, I think potential-wise, I think outlook-wise on the 2021 season, the Arizona Cardinals are still 
the number four football team in the NFC West. You can disagree with me if you want. That's fine. It's not worth arguing over because all we care about, right, are the Buffalo Bills. Good news from the Buffalo Bills outside of losing out on J.J. Watt, and maybe, who knows, that is good news for you. But Micah Hyde, uh, it happened on Friday. Micah Hyde has signed an extension with the Buffalo Bills, which means that uh, Micah Hyde will be with the Bills through 2023. It is a two-year extension worth $19.2 million, uh, which is actually not that bad of an extension, not that bad as far as that goes. Uh, the best part about this is it it locks up Jordan Poyer uh, will be with Buffalo through 2022. Uh, Micah Hyde will be with Buffalo through 2023. And I believe that Tredavious White is with in Buffalo. It's either 2024 or 2025. Uh, so our defensive backfield is at this point, aside from a strong, solid CB2, which I think we all would agree we probably need to either see a, a large leap from Levi Wallace or we need to, to make a move at CB2, whether it's Dane Jackson or uh, a free agent or a rookie. Uh, our defensive backfield, uh, one of the best defensive backfields in football, is going to be is going to remain intact for not only the 2021 season, but also the 2022 season. And then, depending on what happens with Jordan Poyer from that point on, uh, Micah Hyde will at least be here for another year with Tre'Davious White, which is really exciting. If we could just get, if we could just get a havoc wreaker, a havoc wreaker on that defensive line. On that defensive line to to free up, to rush, to pressure, to get quarterbacks off the spot, to free up some linebackers, and to to allow that defensive backfield to do what it did in 2019. Man, man, oh man! And I'm going to tell you something else too. Uh, Star Latulale is coming back to this roster. Uh, it has not really been talked about a whole lot. I don't see a scenario where there the NFL players are allowed to opt out for another year. Uh, and because of cap consequences, Starla Tulele is going to play as a Buffalo Bill, barring a trade in 2021, and he more than likely is going to be a Buffalo Bill in 2022 as well, which is, I spoke to John Fina on the phone literally, literally today, and this was one of the things that we talked about is we're getting ready to set up for a free agency show uh, just to kind of kind of uh, an off tackle with John Fina uh, show about free agency coming up. And one of the things we talked about with Star and what that's going to do for Ed Oliver uh, and, and and also with uh, Harrison Phillips being should be potentially 100 percent healthy next year, that that is going to help this defensive line. Uh, and if there's any way uh, and clearly Epinus is going into a second year, but if there's any way that the Buffalo Bills can find uh, a havoc wreaker to free up Jerry, to free up Epinesa, to free up Tremaine Edmonds, to free up that defensive backfield. Man, look out! That defense, that that defense could return to form as much as they they turned the corner in 2020 and kind of began to find form. Uh, they never really were who they were in 2019, and 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 obviously we all watched the last football game of the season where they were basically a shell of themselves. Which you've got to wonder. You've got to wonder, being that the Bills brass and ownership has well, I don't think it was the brass Bills ownership, the Bagulas. And some of you love the Pagulas and some of you hate the Pagulas. And I'm not indifferent. I, I shade more to the side of liking and loving the Pagulas because they kept my beloved Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. A lot of you hate them because they're billionaires. And the, the rest of you hate them that hate them. The rest of you hate them because they're the Sabres owners. And the Sabres are... Oh man! If they, you look up, you look, you look up dumpster fire in the in the dictionary, and sure enough, the the Buffalo Sabers logo is there. 
Uh, and I was a longtime Sabres fan a long time ago uh, and stopped liking the Sabres or stopped paying attention to the Sabres after the President's Cup run uh, when they went to the playoffs. And I've talked about it on this podcast before and became a defensive hockey team. Nobody knows why, but that's what they did when they went to the, the playoffs and Lindy Ruff. And that's when Drury was here and Briere was here and everybody was here. And when they basically did that, I was like, I don't understand hockey anymore. And I basically just stopped watching it. But uh, the Pagulas getting back on point have 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 offered a uh, rule to the NFL or they've they've pitched a rule to the NFL. I don't know exactly what the wording is to basically no longer allow coaches, high level coaches and front office workers to interview for new football positions, nor can teams hire before I believe the AFC and NFC championship game. So I think they possibly can do it between the AFC and NFC championship game and the Super Bowl or just after. And to me, and this is just me, this is legitimately a not a knee jerk, but a calculated conversation and decision and discussion probably between them and several other owners based on the fact that their coaches were two of the more highly sought after in several of their front office guys, but also uh, Leslie Frazier and Brian Dable. They were very heavily sought after multiple interviews, borderline finalists with a couple different teams. And then we saw, and I think we all agree what happened in that chiefs game for the AFC championship game was largely a coaching issue that that team was not prepared to play football. So to me, this is legit. Now it remains to be seen to be seen how the ownership is going to vote. All the owners in the NFL uh, as to whether or not they do this. I think it benefits ownership to uh, to not allow right. If, if the league year starts at a certain point in time, and I get that coaches and front office staff aren't really part of the team as it pertains to league years and stuff like that. But if there's a if there's a rule as to when league transactions can actually begin to take place, why is there not a similar rule? And it, it has to be after right after the playoffs, after the Super Bowl, why does that same thing not exist for coaches and for front front office staff or key staff personnel? For me, this seems to make too much sense. I don't think they should do it until after the Super Bowl. Like, I get the whole idea of, like, we fired our head coach on the Monday after week 17, the last game of the season, and now we're going to be a rudderless ship, hypothetically. We have no coach for the next month and a half until the Super Bowl is over. But the reality is, is these players clean out their lockers. The head coach gets fired. They go in on Monday. They clean out their lockers. They have an exit interview. And they basically jet set to an island somewhere. And then what happens is, is the team hires a new head coach, right? And all the assistants. And then the head coach and the assistants are trying to get a hold of players that are sitting on islands in the Caribbean or sitting on yachts somewhere, like in the middle of January or February. I don't know that it really makes that much. I don't know that there's a true quote unquote head start outside of the sooner you fire your head coach, the quicker you can hire a head coach before somebody else can hire said head coach. So it'll be interesting to see what comes of that. So that is basically all of the Buffalo Bills news that I have for you. I've got a great guest. I've got a great guest for you, and I don't want to spoil it. Uh, So I'm just going to jump into it. Right now, I am joined by the one and only. You've heard me talk about him for, I think, a year. Uh, if not a year, then almost a year. But every time, if you've been a longtime listener of the 
Overreaction Sports Podcast. You have heard me say that this show is brought to you by the Market Dominator. And in some semblance or another, I've given you snippets or stories or personal just testimonials of my experience. But right now, I am joined by the one, the only, John Spazcheck, the Market Dominator himself. John, welcome to the show. How are you? I am awesome. And welcome, Bills Mafio. <laughs> Hello to you, Joe. Good to see you again, my good man. And we are literally neck, like in front of each other. And just so, so, so the listeners know, John is a little bit of a card. He, he's a little bit of a. He likes to have fun, and he likes to he likes to smile, and he's he's easy going. So he will be a little bit jokey. This was going to be a fun interview, and I've been we've been we I think we talked about it the first time we got got together about having you sponsor my show about having you on. And I think we were, we were approaching the season at that time or it was in the middle of COVID. And I was like, well, it's kind of a weird time, blah, 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 blah. But here we are. Um, it's good to have you. How has, uh, how's this off season so far the last six weeks been treating you? Oh man, it's been awesome. The market, the real estate market is off the hook. Still, uh, still, nice. um, I was able to get away and, uh, actually Buy a home in Florida for myself and family. <laughs> so that, that's stop bragging. Good. Stop bragging. <laughs> that's been real good. <laughs> oh, John Spascheck goes and buys a house where, the, where there's palm trees, while the rest of us freeze our cojones off in Buffalo, New York. Not that he doesn't. Li- he lives in West Seneca, ladies and gentlemen. he's a South Towner just like me. But uh, I don't want to hear about your uh, your your escapades in the South buying homes around palm well, trees. Well, listen, if you uh, <laughs> you know if you stick closely with me, I might be able to help you, you get there one day. Yeah, that that would be uh, that would be nice. And uh, yes, I am going. Going to stick closely with you. You're not uh, getting out of my grasp anytime soon. But uh, do me a favor. Uh, tell us who the market dominator is. And, and obviously, we know you are the market dominator. But that's kind of a weird. There's not too many real estate brokers that have like a, a, a byline for a or a subtitle for a name. Hey, I'm the super real estate guy. Like, tell us about the market dominator. Yeah. Well, first off, I mean, you know, we we have to earn our business every day. We have to get up and go to work every day. It's not handed to us. We're not paid a, a guaranteed paycheck every week. So. Branding is a very, very important part of, uh, of you know, competing in this mm. business. And so uh, early on in, in the business, in my tenure in it, I, I decided to brand myself. And as I studied that and, you know, high competitor that I am, I, you know, I'm, I want to win. Mm. I want to win. So uh, I feel that in my bones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I uh, came up with the name Market Dominator. And, um, you know, as it's, it's a pretty bold name. Uh, but don't let that disguise you. If you actually were to visually see the logo that I have, it has a graduation cap on it. And it's not because I have a master's in education, of which I do. It's not because of that at all. It's because Everything we do is educational. It's an educational approach. It's a get behind the client with a lot of love. And it's about leading them through the journey that they're about to experience because it's not a one day decision. Uh, It doesn't happen that way. You don't walk in and like, hey, I'm getting a new house today. Like you're going in and getting a new pair of shoes. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think I love that. One of the things that I love most about just what you provide your clients is that because having been a person that has only bought two houses in his life, it definitely is an experience. Now there's people out there that have bought four and five and have turned houses a lot in their lives. They're older or maybe not, but that first time home buyer experience is not scary, but it's a little intimidating. And then the other side of that one is if you've been in a house for 13 years or 15 years, like making the jump to the next house is definitely intimidating. 
just because there's an aspect of like, well, I've got to sell this house. Am I going to sell it like for the right number? Like, do I do it by owner? Do I find an agent? Do I have, what's the best way to do this? Do I, you know, do I, do I, do I try to like sell my house with an agent and try to like buy one of his, his or her houses that he's also, or he or she is also listing. Uh, so yeah, talk about that. Just that edgy. I love that because you are a life transition specialist is what you call yourself. Oh man, um, I just got goosebumps, <laughs> man. You hit right on it, brother. So talk about that real quick. Okay. So yeah, I mean, in actuality, if you really had to really spell out what it is that, that I do and the approach that we take at the Market Dominators team, it really, it really boils down to that. It's a corny way of saying it, but it's the God's honest truth. Mm. I am and we are a we're life transition specialists because here's the deal. People are only going to buy and sell houses for six or seven reasons in Western New York. There's an eighth. There's resort properties. They don't, we don't have that here really much. Mm -hmm. So it's first time buyer. It's second time buyer. You grow your family. It's, Hey, you can't handle growing the family. You get divorced. Hey, you know, you grow the family and it's time to downsize. You got people who relocate because of a job. That's five. Mm -hmm. You got people who pass. That's six. And you have investors. That's seven. We don't really deal with investors much. We have a few. I want to know. I kept count just to make sure there were seven. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's good. Hey, Joe Miller can do math. Not much. Not uh, well, but yes. Yeah. So what we've done really is if we're really going to get behind the people and it's not really a sales approach, but it's an educational approach, it's really critically important that if we believe in the real difference between customer service and client care, and there is a big difference between mm -hmm. that, that we really need to understand what they're going through. And so we have spent a lot of time studying what people experience going through each one of those life transitions. Mm. Now, I can't speak for the one on death because mm. I haven't died yet. Right. Okay. But <laughs> I can, I can confirm that. Yeah. Uh, but the people who have to pick up the pieces right. are really, really going through a lot. And so as an estate and managing an estate, a representative, you, you, you know, we can walk those people through a sure. uh, first time buyer. You talked about the anxiety of not right. knowing what the process is like. Then you got this, the, you know, Hey, when you buy a house for the first time, it's easy. You don't know it's easy. Right. Cause you don't know what you don't know. But then when you go to sell your house and then buy a house and you're contingent because you're going to take the equity out of the first house and put it into the second house, that means that you're going to have to sell that house and close on the other house on the same day. Right. Try that in this market when there's only 412 single-family homes in Erie County on the market as of this morning. Right now, uh, so at the time of this recording, which is Friday, there's only 412 houses for sale in Erie County. It's it's critically critically concerning. That's crazy to me, um, which as a homeowner makes me really excited because that just means that the value of my house is continuing to rise almost every single day. Uh, but my buddy Matt was in town and he told me that Columbus is one of five cities where houses are selling in a day. Is Buffalo one of those cities or no? Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, you don't, anybody could sell a house in this market. Mm -hmm. It's going to sell in a day. That's mm -hmm. not the question. And this mm -hmm. is what people miss in this market because we have an unprecedented number of for sale by owners. And I got to tell you, they're just leaving money on the table and they have no clue. They think they're happy, so they don't know. You don't know what you don't know, right? Right. Ignorance yeah. is bliss, right? True. It's true. But they're leaving twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 on the table and wait, they don't wait, even know wait. it. $40,000? Yes. I am. Yes. Wow. That's a That's a confident yes. Wow. Um, it's not that whether or not you can sell the house in a day. Mm. Anybody can do that. Mm -hmm. It's can you bring the entire market for the profile maps of your house 
to your house mm. and put them in a place where they now have to compete for it. Mm. And how do you do that? And by the way, Joe, who do you think would pay more for a Western New York home? Somebody coming in from out of town or somebody locally? Probably somebody coming in from out of town. That's a yeah. Guess. yeah. Yeah. You're a smart guy. You got it. I try. Exactly. <laughs> and, and actually, if we study this, we see and learn that the data tells us most of the people are coming from the suburbs of five, six cities. Mm. And that's really in because of the influence and power of recruitment from the UB medical wow. scientific system that they got going here, which right. is a beast. Here's the thing. If you look at it, most of the people moving here are coming from the suburbs of Chicago, mm -hmm. Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, New York, and Boston. Mm. And so how do you attract those people? A lot of people will say, well, we just put it up on the internet. They see it. Well, no, they don't always see it. And if they do see it, how, how are you going to suck them in and find them? Mm. You know, And so a real professional marketeer, which is what we do, we're not going to just go around saying we're a market dominator without actually doing it. And so we have very cutting edge, up-to-date strategies, tactics that are used to take advantage and manipulate what's known as AI, artificial intelligence, mm. to be able to attract and lead capture the out-of-town Buyer. Mm. I don't know another real estate broker or agent that knows how to effectively do that wow. than us. Well, we won't get into that secret sauce because we'll be here for no, probably we will an not. hour. Uh, <laughs> but uh, John uh, helped my wife and I as we literally did just that transition our lives from Columbus, Ohio to Buffalo, New York. Uh, John uh, was in, like a, a, a huge part of getting it. We, we negotiated our house, uh, entered our contract. He was in New Jersey. We were in Columbus at the time. We bought a house in Lakeview, New York. Uh, it was uh, it was a whirlwind. And frankly, we could not have not only gotten it done without John, but we literally probably would not have gotten in as soon as we did. We wanted to get in before, the, before school started. I think we put the offer in like the first of August, we got early occupancy, which is which is completely unheard of in this town. Um, if you're listening from outside of Buffalo, New York, just so you know, inside of Western New York and New York itself, like early occupancy is like not frowned upon, but it doesn't happen very often. But John and his team went to great lengths to get everything taken care of. And it was, it was I don't want to say it was stress-free because there's always some stress as the buyer, uh, but as the buyer, it was about as perfect as it could have gone. So my wife and I, just on behalf of us, thank you, John. I don't know if you ever told you that, but well, thank you. Well, yes, you've had many times, and yeah. thank you for your kind words. And, yeah. You know, it's it's really a win. It's a touchdown for us when we hear our clients tell us that uh, they felt like they won at the end of the experience. Yeah, for sure. And there's a reason I tell people every time that, 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 that I want you to sponsor my show and that I'm willing to talk about just because I believe in you. Because, you know, not only are you a very good friend of mine, but, you know, clearly we are customers of yours and you've done right by us. But why, why, oh, why uh, do you uh, choose to send your sponsorship dollars my way? Why, what is it about the voice in my show uh, that, 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 uh, that has attracted you to this, I guess, outlet for sponsorship, sponsorship dollars? Well, I'd say that's multi-pronged. Uh, the first is there's a generic answer to that is I'm a high sp competitor, sports fan, mm -hmm. former college athlete, former college coach. You know, I love the Bills. I love the Bills. I, when I moved here 21 years ago, um, I didn't come here as a Bills fan. Mm. And so my children were very young at that point. 
but I knew enough to know that if you're going to, you know, be in this culture, mm. you better join the culture. <laughs> and I endured it for 20 years, okay? And I stuck by it, and I watched every game mm. uh, as a fan because it's a choice I made. <laughs> um, but now, um, listen, man, now I'm sitting back eating dessert, right? Right. And so um, I am hardcore Bills Mafia, recent now season ticket owner, proudly. Mm. Nice. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, yeah. Excited about that. Where are your seats? Uh, section 2. 11. Oh, you're in the clubs. Are you in the warm seats? Jim Kelly Club Row Deuce. Are you in too. the are you in the reds so they got like butt warmers and stuff? Oh yeah. Come I on. We're just a, <laughs> that's the high paying, you know. They're definitely making money on me, now that's was, for sure. Now but, is the time. Now yeah. is the time. The Josh Allen is going to be the quarterback of this football team for a very long time, and they're going to be good for a very long time. So, yeah, now is the time to buy in. But anyway, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's cool. So so the generic answer is, yeah, I'm a Bills Mafia hardcore fan. You're yeah, doing this yeah. show. It's uh, – I can't – you know, I, first of all, I just it, – it, it's painful. It's painful listening to the uh, the – I won't. I won't so say their name. WGR radio station. Oh, um, you know, it, it, especially in the in the in the late afternoon, it's uh. really. Um, <laughs> we can uh, stop. Um, uh, yeah. What? Um, um, yeah. Real it okay, in, John. You got my point. You got my point. So listen, when you know, Joe, I've known you uh, for a few years mm -hmm. now, and you remind me of myself. Um, you're an incredibly hard worker. Mm, you're very, very determined. You're brilliant. Uh, you I'll see the one. big picture, but you know, understand the importance of the details. Mm -hmm. um, that's a that's a rare makeup, and I think in some ways, um, and you're a go getter. Appreciate and that. so when I heard that you were doing this, I, you know, it's hard for me to get behind things that are not at an excellent level. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I don't. I really don't enjoy blowing sunshine. Mm. And so um, when I see something that's excellent, it's easy for me to get behind it. Mm. It's really easy. And so when uh, I knew you were doing this and I listened to a couple of your clips, I thought, oh, man, I don't know if you remember this, but I sent you a message that said, dude, you are like, this is high level. Like you're good at this. Like, <laughs> I think I do remember this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I had no idea you were doing like, you know, a podcast and we're going to be looking for sponsorship. And so when you came to me, it, it was an emphatic. Yes. Yeah, there was no second thinking about that it. meeting. I do remember. Yeah. I was surprised at how quickly you were absolutely willing to get behind uh, what it is that I was trying to accomplish and trying to do. Oh, I appreciate uh, your sponsorship and just your your backing and just being behind the show. It uh, and I, to be honest with you, it makes it very easy for me to talk about you, uh, to talk about uh, the market dominator, what you do, and just uh, promote your show. It's it you, you make it simple, and I hope that I make it you know just as seamless and simple for you. But let's transition to some football talk because obviously the reason that we're here is to talk about the Buffalo Bills, uh, and 
I don't pride myself, but I, I let people know that as much as I know enough about football, I'm not this show. The overreaction show is not about X's and O's per se. It's more about I try to bring the fan what they felt on the couch on Sunday. So, you know, I try to encapsulate. I try to uh, remember. I try to with my words and with what, what whatever the inflection is in my voice, bring back to them what they felt when it was third and 22 against the Rams. And it was the, the last drive of the game. And Josh Allen had to make that throw. And he did. Uh, that's what I do. So, but you are more of an X's and O's kind of person, whereas I am not. I know football, but I'm not an X's and O's guy like Greg Thompson, like Bruce Nolan, like some of the other guys that Bill's Mafia, the those that are leaning into alternative uh, content creators like myself. Uh, I'm not one of those guys. You are, as you said already, uh, inferred, alluded to, and kind of said that you are a former uh, Division One basketball coach. Uh, you understand basketball, X's and O's. You understand football, X's and O's. How does that experience benefit you? Like, how, how do, what, what is the correlation between, say, you know, uh, uh, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean and, like, you and the process between the two of them? Like, how, does, how do those two things kind of work together? Well, first of all, I'll say it, it actually hurts me when I'm watching the games because it's a burden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know? Mm-hmm. you know, I get you that. Know, you, you see more than, than, than an average fan will I get that. when you can quickly break it down. But in terms of me, um, I am so elated. I've seen so many transfers of power, so to speak, in the organization at One Bill's Drive. Mm-hmm. And I've been, you know, I've sat back, I don't God, I don't even know how many times the count is now over the last 20-something years, that um, with anticipated hope that someone is going to come in and be able to uh, not only manage the organization, but but really transform the organization with a standard of excellence at every single turn, at every single step. I mean, from like the paint on the wall to how the field looks <laughs> to how the pads are being put on. Now, you know, and, and, I, and I know that sounds crazy, but, but it means something. And there's an intentional purpose behind winning at any high level in any type of business, in any, you know, family, mm-hmm. uh, church, um, or professional sports team. Mm-hmm. And so when Brandon Bean... Um, or I should say, Sean McDermott first got hired. I really was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this again. I'm gonna have anticipated hope, but let's see. That's funny because I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah, but I was kind of glad that they did that. Uh, that they, you know, it, it, it was somebody that wasn't a Rex Ryan, right? Um, because it took me very, very, not a long time, very quickly to see. Yeah, the, he was different. The, that Rex Ryan, oh was, Rex, yeah. That Rex was going to be a disaster. Not and, sexy Rexy, as they called him. He was not. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I'm I'm really really uh, thankful, grateful, and proud of the organization mm. and Western New York and the Bills Mafia for sticking behind Sean McDermott, and mm. then the Bills being wise enough to bring Brandon Bean over. The brilliance of of his his uh, his management. And uh, the staff that Sean's been able to put together, the relationship building uh, uh, as a main foundational block in his life, the fact that he understands and studies leadership, he knows what that is, he knows how to relate to the players, he relates to the people who sweep the floors in the building, Mm. right? And that, that is something that is absolutely critical. And you know where it evidenced itself? Not only in the wins... 
But one of the reasons they're winning is player development. Mm. Oh, yeah. For they sure. develop their players. They make sure. their players better. Not, not, not only on the field, but as men. As men and yep. that's right. And, yeah. and, and it's a two-pronged, that's right. That's very good. If anybody's listened to this show for 10 minutes, they've heard me talk about leadership that I, you know, I, I'm, I feel that I'm a student of leadership. I've read a lot of leadership books. And John and I share a favorite book, which is the book Above the Line by Urban Meyer. And regardless of what you think or feel about Urban Meyer, that book, uh, if you are in any type of corporate leadership or a, a business owner at all, you need to buy that book and read it. Uh, it's and, and it's clear and obvious, and I said this to you a long time ago, that it's like, holy crap, it's obvious Sean McDermott has read this book. Like, just the things that he does, the things that he says, the things that his players chirp, uh, the whole trying to be the best version of myself. Like, there's so much stuff that comes off of not only McDermott, but from the whole entire organization to include the players. And these players buy into it, and they believe in it. And that's what makes them better. And that's what, and not to mention the fact that when you think about Above the Line, and, and, and literally, and I know you've read it, and I've read it, and a lot of people that are listening have not, but you know, it, it, it's basically that we're going to draw a line, here's the line, and we're all going to live above the line. And if you're not going to be of the lo- above the line, you're, we are going to, and I can't remember exactly how it's said, but basically voraciously remove you from our like environment. So if you fall below the line, you're out. And it's not even like a, a pause or workaround or grace. It's like, nope, nope, you're gone. And we saw McDermott do this from the beginning with Sammy Watkins, with Ron Darby, with like a lot of guys. Every single time somebody falls below or even when they got here, weren't able to get above the line, it was quick. And we all sat there like, what is this guy doing? Like, I remember where I was when the tweets came in that Sammy Watkins had been traded and Ron Darby had been traded because they were like the best two players we had on the football team from a from a future standpoint. But uh, yes, to your point, like it is obvious and clear that he is a leadership guru. Uh, I know you are a student of leadership. I am a student of leadership. Talk about the process real quick. I mean, what does that well, mean to you? Yeah. So so a lot of people talk about leadership and a lot of people talk about a subcomponent of leadership called accountability. Right. And we, you know, uh, <laughs> that term gets thrown around a, a lot, lot, Joe. It's a like, lot. well, he, you know, hold them accountable. Well, and they you don't. know, well, the question is, is how, how, mm-hmm. how do you hold someone accountable? And when you have tactics and strategies that are, uh, they're not hidden, they're open. There, there's a commitment on both sides to join in the process of accountability. Mm. Well, then when you are not achieving to the expectation, there's the word you can then step in and remind somebody or show somebody the consequence of not being above the line. That's right. And so when you don't put those measures in place and you are not doing that, mm. You have no recourse on people who are sub-excellent at what they're doing. Yep. And at the professional level, you have to require it. Yep. And I can't tell you how many times in the last 20 years I have watched example after example after example <laughs> after example of just mediocreness going on and no one even recognizing it. Like, yeah. hello? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I do the same thing in my own business. And this is, I believe, one of the reasons why we have uh, done exceptionally well and have such a tremendous amount of proven success in our business is we do the same thing. You know, uh, we, we hold ourselves accountable uh, daily. Um, we see a big difference. You know, when we go to attack the market, it's we're doing it on behalf of our clients, you mm-hmm. know. And you, you mentioned before that you're a customer of mine. 
the only thing I want to get you to do is to say, no, you're not really a customer of mine, Joe. You're a client. Client, yeah. You know, and there's a big difference. You know, cus- customer service is taking care of somebody who's sitting in a, cu- you know, somebody's, they're sitting in a cubicle, maybe in another country, mm-hmm. um, where client cares, man. You're, you're meeting them. You're, you're, you're taking their call at 10, 11 at night. You're driving uh, to places to do things for them. You're making everything that they have to experience through the transition and the process easier. How do you make it easier on them? Just, 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 I got to step in. So just so you know, so the listeners know, uh, inside of my loan documentation, as far as like when you fill out all the stuff, uh, not to mention names or, or necessarily members of your team, but like one of my wife's or my wife's super, uh, social security number got, I don't know if the word is superimposed or switched, but like the number wasn't right. And, and, and upon finalization, we were at Lime Lake visit, visiting my parents on like a Saturday or a Sunday. I got the call. Hey, we're getting ready to finalize this thing. Just want to confirm your stuff. This is who you are. This is your social. This is who your wife is. This is her social. And I was like, nope, that ain't right. And he was like, what? I was like, that's not right. That's not her number. Her number is blank. And he's like, okay, well, we need to get this fixed. Where are you? And I'm like, well, I'm at the lake. And he's like, can you meet me at Tim Hortons tonight at 10 o'clock and we'll get this taken care of? And I was like, wait, really? And he goes, Yes, and we got it taken care of at ten o'clock at night on a Saturday at Tim Hortons, and that's what you're talking about. Like, that's, yeah, it was because that that person we won't mention would not be doing work for the Market Dominators team had he not. Right. There's an expectation of excellence that we do to drive everything we can toward making life easy on our clients. And the urgency, the it was the, the urgency that I had, he shared. Right. Yes. Like the urgency was a big piece, and that's a huge piece when talk when you're talking about buying and selling a home. Because there's, you're only one half of that makeup. You're one half of that party. It's almost like, you know, offense and defense. We got a great offense. We got a horrible defense. And that's almost like they're the other half of the party. And I think that's what I've seen a lot in your inside of your dealings and working with you is like you drive people. You drive the other team. You drive the other side of the ball. Sometimes not in a way that makes them happy. Like they don't like the fact that you're chasing them and you're persistent and you're making sure that deadlines are met and dates are met and expectations. The word you used are being met because a lot of times, and I know there's listeners out here that have heard that, that have had this happen. They're told, Oh yeah, Monday next week, Monday comes, goes by Wednesday, still haven't had a phone call and no idea what's going on. And then finally they reach out to their broker and it's like, what's going on? Well, I haven't heard back from the other agent yet. And I don't really know and that's just not a world you live in. Well, we'll get it on the next series. <laughs> no, right, right. no. Uh, listen, um, it, it, it's a competitive battle every time we agree to take on another client. It, we go to, to battle mm-hmm. and we put together a strategic plan that has very, very thought out tactics in place good. to help them win. It yeah. is an X's and O's game plan. It is a process. Um, so it, it, it's, you know, it's multi-pronged that way. And that's the only way I'm going to mm. tell you, Joe, it's the only way that you will separate mm. the difference between getting your house sold in this market and getting your house sold for top dollar in this market. It's a big word. Two and big it, words, top dollar. Yeah. Anybody can sell their house over list price right now. Right. I'm, I'm just telling you. And by the way, realtors are getting smart because the list price, just, hey, listen up, audience, here. Let me, I'm going to give you a free nugget here, <laughs> nugget. okay? Here, here's nugget time. Ready? Ding, ding, ding. Listen up to this one. Get, get a pen out right now. Write this down. Ready? 100% of people who search for homes are searching online. 
They're searching for homes. They're searching online. They're not getting into the newspaper. They're not walking into a real estate office. I don't care if your grandmother's 80 years old is looking for a house. She's not looking on anywhere else. She's getting her grandson or her, her son or her daughter. Somebody. You know, somebody else to pull it up online. If you drive by a house and you say, oh, there's a new house on our market. That, that, that's up for sale. You run home and you pull it up or right. you pull it up on your phone right there. Right. You're going online. And what do you do online when you're searching? If you're actively searching and you're motivated, you're going to put in minimum price, maximum price. So if you're um, representing a seller and you're supposed to do the right thing by them, then you don't you price the house according to what brings in the most searches, mm. the most people to drag into that house. You want the more people on the house as possible. Mm. So you don't price the house at where the value is. That's not your job. That's the buyer's agent's job to determine the value. <laughs> Your job is to get them to the table. Right. They already have representation in this market that we live in, this world. Mm. Right? So a lot of real estate agents are learning through the ones that are leading the market, like myself, to price houses at the lower echelon mm. Of where you're going to pick up the most searches. So if a house is worth 120,000 in this market, you should price it at 100. Mm. If a house is worth 275, you should price it at 250. Knowing the offers are going to come in way over it. They're going to come in way over that because houses. This is another misnomer. It's like another nugget. Ding, ding, ding. Ready? <laughs> Nobody can overpay for a house. It's impossible unless right. you're a cash buyer. So right. if you're not a cash buyer, excuse. You know, you're excused. Right. Okay. But if you're a mortgage buyer. You have an appraisal. Hello. It's a right. third party licensed by New York State person that comes in and determines the value above me, above the other agent, above the buyer, above the seller, above the buyer's attorney, above the seller's attorney. Those all get right out. The seventh guy comes in and says, here's what the value is. You can pay too little for a house. You can pay too little. And mm -hmm. that's the seller underselling the house. Or the person who's selling by owner. Yes, that happens every day. <laughs> Actually, data the real data shows on this. This is shocking. 96.2% of for sale by owners undersell their house even after factoring in what they would have paid a professional real estate agent. Wow. Wow. 96%, that's a big number. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's bliss anymore. It was. Yeah. It was bliss. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator, and I am literally sitting uh, currently in my studio with the man, the myth, the legend, John Spazchek, the Market Dominator, and we are talking real estate, but we are going to officially transition from that. Uh, we got a couple minutes left. John's got a hard stop coming up. Let's talk about opponents. So this year, uh, 2021, I don't know if you've seen the opponents yet, but we obviously have, and I just want to just quick snapshot this. We uh, we play, obviously, the AFC East, who we swept for the very first time uh, in Bill's history. We swept the Dolphins, Patriots, and the Jets. At home this year, we've got the the those three, obviously, the Falcons, the Panthers, the Texans, the Colts, the Steelers. So this year we're playing the NFC South, and we're playing the AFC South. And then obviously we get the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers, who are matched us division-wise. Our away games, Miami, obviously New England, and the Jets. And then we Jaguars, Saints, Bucks, Titans, Chiefs. What at first glance, as I first give you that 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 schedule, or I should say that the, that lineup, how does that sit with you at first? And then we'll just I'll rapid fire these things at you real quick in a second. But how does that fit with you? Like, is that worrisome to you, or do you see that and you're like, oh, we got this? 
Yeah, I, I do say we got it. I would love to flip around the home way on that mm. and get mm. home advantage on the teams that we have to play away mm. uh, on that. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I have a lot of confidence that we are going to be super, super competitive in every single game. There will not be a game where uh, I think we can go into it and say, wow, we're just, this, is, this isn't going to work. Yeah. Uh, so I have a, a tremendous amount of confidence in the schedule. Gotcha. Um, well, as a man who prides himself on being prepared, uh, I'm going to do something to you that's uh, unprepared. Uh, we're going to pick the Bills. We're going to pick them. Right all right, back. let's do it. Let's uh, do it. So, uh, but obviously we don't have a schedule, so I'm just going to read them off. So Dolphins, win-lose. Uh, win. That's a win, he says. And we don't even know. They could end up with Deshaun Watson. So yeah. as of right now, it's a win. New England Patriots? Win. <laughs> Are they going to be 16-0? <laughs> Jets, that's a W. If you say loss, I'm coming across the table. Win. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. Win. Good Lord, we are 4-0 already. Carolina Panthers. Win. <laughs> Is, I, this might be a lesson in futility. Uh, Houston Texans, the J.J. Watt list, soon to be Deshaun Watson uh, list. Win. Win. That's 6-0. and uh, I don't see us losing a football game. Indianapolis Colts, who now have... Uh, uh, Carson, Carson Wentz, right? Isn't Carson now Car in Indianapolis? Car Carson is there. Yep. Um, and that game is, is that home or away? That's a, that's, it's a home game that's for a home us game. in Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going to put win. That's 7-0. Pittsburgh Steelers. Win. <laughs> all right, so I we know. have won all of our home games. I think we're making the playoffs. Uh, the Away games, so there's eight, and there could be a 17th game. We have not gotten a, a determination on there's that. There's probably a 98% chance It's that's probably going to happen, yes, but we're not going to talk as though there is one yet because yeah. there isn't one. Uh, so the away games, Miami Dolphins. I'm gonna put a a, a loss there. Oh, oh, there you go. New England Patriots win. Win. That's nine and one. New York Jets win. Ten and one. Jacksonville Jaguars probably they won't have Trevor Lawrence. Win. I'm trying to think. Who that, sorry, I was uh, momentarily thinking who they were going to get. Uh, the Saints, uh, who I believe they have already restructured Drew Brees' contract and brought him down 24 million dollars or something like that, which I thought he was going to retire. So it's either going to be the Taysom Hill. Drew Brees or Jameis Winston, New Orleans Saints. I'm not sure. I'm going to predict we lose by a field goal. A field? Well, I'm not taking notes. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, <laughs> the Tom Brady world champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. This is, this is like putting a knife in my heart, man, and turning it. <laughs> Okay. I've already written the L. I've already written the one the dash under the L. I am coming out with a W. Oh, oh. Because I know there is not going to be a miss on one of those bills or the staff. All right. All right. Tennessee Titans. Win. Win. And then uh the last game away in Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City. KC. So you have us at thirteen and three for the third time. In Buffalo Bills history, you've got us uh, at 13-3. The first time That's being it. 1991, second time being last year, as far as I know. 
and then the and, and now the third time being 13 and three which would assuredly uh uh you don't have a sweeping the east but we would be winning the east with that number uh as far as i can tell oh we will win the east we will win the east back to back afc east champions i like the way that sounds yes we haven't heard that in a long time so here's i got a question for you uh the draft is coming up soon uh are you a big draft guy yeah Oh yeah, yeah. Draft, I, draft I haven't party. had a no. ton of time yet to start, you know, you know, hooking into it, but uh, digging into it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a draft guy. Big draft guy. Gotcha. So who who are position? We won't go player. We'll go position. So if it's Christmas morning and you're going to line up your your Brandon Bean or your Brandon Bean's assistant, and you're going into the draft room. On your board, it's got a list of, you know, uh, you know they're going to tell you we're going to take best player available. Who knows if they do that or not, but they're going to tell you they're going to take, oh, we're just going to take best player available. However, on the board, you know the secret board, the one that nobody else can see. It's got a, it's got a list. In your mind, what's the biggest position to need in the draft for the Bills this year? Kicker. No, Kicker. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, uh, what? Quarterback. <laughs> no. Used to be. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's an elephant in the room. And you, you know, people try try to get cute and fancy with it, but it is what it is. I just don't see us retaining Matt Milano, mm. and it's going to be linebacker. I mean, even with Matt Milano and Edmonds, even though he was injured a little bit, that was a that was a position grouping that really, you know, we did have problems with against right. the people who were beating us. Right. You know, Kansas City is an example. So, yep. and the Titans. I not only think that uh, that has to be the elephant in the room, uh, I do think that the linebacker class, we're not going to get into players, but is is fairly deep uh, with, with size and speed. Mm. And so I see us definitely, and I don't know if it'll be right up early on, but probably taking two. Mm. Wow. Two linebackers. Yeah. Who you got at what second position to need? Um, well, I think you know. There's been a lot of talk about running back. I'm I'm a big fan of, of Devin Singletary. I don't think that you know we really had our first year in this system, and we had four receivers mm. with 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 the the sets we were using, right? Yep, yep. And so try to bring the back into that where we weren't really running the ball, but we're not. A run ball team. You've said it many, many times. Do what you're good at, right? Yeah, throw the ball. Yep. Throw the ball. Throw the ball. But I do think we could be throwing more to Devin Singletary. He needs more experience doing it. We can get him out and do it. We can we can have more play development. Mm-hmm. As brilliant and good as Brian Dable's been, I I think that that will continue. And I'm glad that uh, you know San Diego made the wrong move. Um, and so, you know, here we are with Brian Dable again. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I asked John Fina this question, um, and I, I pinned him down basically as much as you can pin down a six foot five former left tackle for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, meaning physically, I, there's no way that I could possibly actually pin him down. But I, I, I wouldn't let him skirt the question. And I said, our run game. What is the problem? Is it offensive line? Is it running backs? Is it scheme? And he hemmed and hawed. Uh, he likes, as you said, Devin Singletary. He likes Zach Moss. He thinks the guys on our offensive line are actually quite physical and quite athletic, uh, contrary to what some people believe in sports media. He feels that the issue that the Buffalo Bills have is the scheme that they're trying to run. They're trying to force their running backs and their offensive line men into a scheme that they can't necessarily execute, which then turns into all these fun conversations about, well, we didn't execute or they didn't execute. Well, they're asking them to they're asking them to execute something they're not capable of executing, which you as a basketball coach, you know, if you're like, no, no, this play calls for the center to dunk. Well, the center can't dunk. 
Well, well, he didn't execute. Well, he can't do it. Yeah, but he didn't execute it. Well, he can't do it. So it's like the chicken or the egg, and you kind of go around and around and around. So I think for me, as much as I share that opinion with you, I love Devin Singletary. I like Zach Moss a lot. He has not, in my opinion, made people make business decisions the way that Dawson Knox does. Um, and I like the guys in our offensive line. I'm hoping that they retain Feliciano. Uh, I clearly don't want to see uh, Mitch Morse get cut. Uh, to me, the biggest off the biggest offseason signing the Bills have is Daryl Williams at right tackle. I'm just not sure that we have an RB1 on this football team that fits what they want to do. Now, if they're going to change the scheme, maybe back to well, 2019 where Devin Singletary flourished, maybe. But go ahead. Okay, so first of all, the John Fina interview was one of the best things I heard all year in Thank you. In, in sports uh, podcast or radio. It was <laughs> phenomenal. If you didn't hear that, folks, go back and look it up. Good luck at finding it, but yeah, go back and find it. <laughs> yeah. So, so what happened in the in, in in training camp is you know the light bulbs went off when they realized the speed that they had and how much Josh Allen had developed, mm. and they put four receivers on the field at once. Mm. And it was, you know, it was bingo, bingo, bingo. And they had a really good defensive backfield and safeties that were, you know, just, you know, had their hands on their chins, shaking their head like, oh, my gosh, how are we? We can't even defend this. This is that good. And so it's still in the infancy stage Mm. of this type of offense. They have to figure out how to get the running backs involved in it. And when you're trying to do that mid-season to, you know, really develop that scheme, mm-hmm. it's difficult. It's going to take time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, look, I, I have all the confidence in the world. Yeah, would it be nice to have lightning in a bottle back there? I don't think it would be if you don't improve the scheme. And right. if you improve the scheme, I don't necessarily think you necessarily need lightning in a bottle that's going to be anything better than what we already have in Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. The question I is, just is, don't. The question is, is, are they willing to humble themselves and, and fit the game plan and the schemes to the players they have versus... Boom! Back to that leadership question. Are they going to be <laughs> held accountable to it? Are they humble? Right. Do they look in the mirror? Yes, yes, yes. It excites we'll me. We'll see. We'll see. Third position of need. I wouldn't say I'm not a fan of Levi Wallace. Mm. But there are some things instinctually that he does not do. CB2 you're talking? And, yeah, CB2. And uh, he's got great length. He, you know, he, he, he's, gr- he's great. Mm-hmm. He, it, we, compare him against across the league for CB2. He's, he's holding his own. He's a great tackler. He's a great tackler. Which on a team that doesn't tackle well is important. But to me, he's a great tackler. He's not a great uh defensive threat where the quarterback of the the opposing team's quarterback is concerned about so, throwing the ball his way. Well, there's a couple things there. Some 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 of it has to do with instinct and you can't coach instinct, okay? Fair. You can't coach size, Fair. right? Right, yep. You can't coach those things. But I do see some things where coaching can improve upon him because he does live a little bit in the protective mode and the obedient mode to what the coaches are saying. Agreed. Almost too much of a point. He's 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 12 yards off when he should be eight yards off, mm. you know, and, and, and I think the coaches got to start looking at that and not just, you know, blurring by that. And I think that they will. I think as there's a, a lot of accountability there. You're touching on a point that's, we're going to go off script. Uh, so you're touching on a point for me. So as a former division one basketball coach, when you have a play and I coached uh JV girls volleyball in, in college, uh, but I want to know from you because what you did is a way higher level than, than anything I ever did. Um, and I think this is something for the lis- listeners to, 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 to hear. When you've got a player that is literally playing safe, 
right? So, and there's an aspect of like, no, no, kid, you've earned it. You've got the talent. You've got the ability. You've coached them up, whatever. But when they're out there on the field, and McKenna, my daughter, sometimes has this problem uh, as it pertains to, uh, you know, playing soccer. Like she she, she gets out there and she's, she's at a weird age at 14 where she was born in late December. So she's playing with like high school girls now and she's still in middle school. So she's afraid to make a mistake. How do you get a player who is because it's it's almost a respect thing for the coach. Like, I don't want to make a mistake and hurt the team. I don't want to upset you. But how do you tell them, look, I've done what I need to do to you, like to get you to play inside the scheme, inside the, of what we're trying to accomplish. You've got to go play and not be afraid of making a mistake. Yeah. Levi plays that way. He absolutely plays like I can't make a mistake. I got to keep everything in front of me. And then tackle the guy. Yeah. So he's been he's been really smart if you think about it. And you look at his career sure. and what he's overcome. Sure. Right? Yeah. And Und- like, un- undrafted free agent. Yeah. Undrafted free agent. Yep. Walked on in Alabama, right? right yep. he, he, the whole thing. Now yep. he's in the NFL. Now he's yep. making the team. You know, and, and like now his paycheck is dependent on it. Sure. Before it wasn't. Right, for sure. So that's he escalated up that fast because he didn't have that paycheck. You know, he didn't have that worry. Now, now he's guarding the paycheck, so it makes it harder. So there's going to be a little bit of biting the bullet, mm. in my opinion, on the coaching staff mm. to say, look, here's a green light that you're not going to get penalized for sure. for being a little bit more liberal out there. Be more aggressive. Okay? Got to be more aggressive. For sure. But uh, so, so I do like some of the depth we have at defensive back. Um uh, the other guy, Dane, who, Jackson. Dane Jackson, man, this guy is a gamer. Mm. He's a gamer, but I haven't seen enough over the long haul. Like this, mm. you know. Sometimes you'll get a, you'll get a, you'll get a, uh, a backup quarterback. They'll come in, and all of a sudden he'll he'll flash. Mm. But we know that as the games go on, he's not going to be able to sustain it. You know, yeah, yeah. and I just don't know that Dane Jackson can sustain it yet. Um, but he's someone there that is a, a you know a, a diamond in the rough, so to speak. Agreed. Um, but I, I think we need some – I just think I would like to see a little bit more depth there. I would love to see somebody advance a little bit more in the safety realm that could also play linebacker. Now, hmm. we, you know, surround Neil. Well, that that's – you just described Matt Milano. Y- yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but again, we're going to lose him, right? Yeah. Yes. We, we have to expect that we're going to lose Matt more, Milano. More and, Unless and he sticks around for one more year just to wait for the cap to get released and then, yeah, and then yeah. make his mark next year or hit it big next year. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast with the with the market dominator, John Spazjek. Uh John, before I go into this whole thing, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us where we can find you, where, where my folks can find you, where my listeners, uh, whether they're in-state or out-of-state, how they can reach you, how they can get a hold of you, how they can get on the win team uh yeah tell them listen folks i care about you winning in this market Mm. and i'm gonna i'm gonna put my i'm gonna put it right here right now i'm gonna give you my personal cell phone number oh i don't think i have that okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah right uh 716-570-3298 i am your elite broker and you can reach me at yourelitebroker at gmail.com via email. You can also hit me up on Twitter at yourelitebroker. You can find me on Instagram at marketdominator uh, or Facebook. Um, Listen, my entire life is public. If you can't find me, uh, somebody's got to check your pulse, okay? (laughs) Uh, I'd be willing to do that for you, 
if you can just reach me, let me know who you are, where you're at. I'll come check your posts and then I'll help you get a house or sell your house for top dollar. Nice. If you want to win in this competitive market, you better be using somebody who understands how to use effectively AI, artificial intelligence, which by the way, you know, you search for something on Google, all of a sudden you see it on your Facebook. Actually, you don't even need to search for something. You speak it in your house next to your iPhone and it's coming up on your Facebook feed. That's pretty scary, but that is artificial intelligence. Oh, they're listening. Okay. And so how do we use that in real estate? Um, Yeah, call me and find out, and I will show you how to walk away with more money. Do you like money? Joe, you like money? Love it. Okay. Need more of it. Uh, Yeah. yeah, uh, Hello. (laughs) If you like money, don't sell your house. You think you're saving, and all you're doing is you're being Penny wise and pound foolish, and you're stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. Nice. Call me at 716-570-3298. This is the Market Dominator, and I am so grateful to be the sponsor of this amazing, excellent show uh, on the Overreaction Podcast with my buddy, Joe Miller, at Joe Miller Wired. Oh, you like threw me in there too. That was awesome. No, yeah. So absolutely, ladies and gentlemen, jump, uh, jump over. Give John a call seven one six five seven zero three two nine eight. Join the winning team. Do what I did, and be extremely happy with your buying or your selling experience by uh, by connecting with the market dominator John Spazcheck and his team. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is all we've got for you for this week. Thank you so much for listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator on. The Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, the voice of the Overreaction Sports Podcast, Joe Miller. You can find me, as John just said, on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And until next time, John, give me a go, Bills. Go, Bills. And for me, Joe Miller, we'll catch you guys next time. Go, Bills. Go, Bills.